Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. ultimate eagles football fan well you're in the right place well you're in the right place this is birds 365 hosted by the new mac and mac jody mcdonald and john mcmullen here we go here we go who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go. Let's go. Go. Mac and Mac guys, John McMullen and Jody McDonald here with you for a uh, undefeated Thursday. I will continue to call the day of the week undefeated until the Eagles lose the game. If the Eagles lose the game. Uh, so we got an undefeated Thursday for you. A uh, couple of good guests coming your way as we get ready for the Jets and the Eagles on Thursday. Johnny Mac here ready to rock and roll and got out of South Philly ahead of the traffic yesterday jay mac you were a little concerned uh prior to little concerned this game yeah not an uh, issue left a little bit early i gotta admit it uh yeah i wanted to avoid uh the the traffic that's basically how i live my life avoiding traffic so that's the goal for me jody not yeah, wins I, or losses avoiding traffic i was driving into it because i was going to the game and i gotta tell you jay mac it was just a party the entire time 
before the game, all right, fine. The Braves scored the first run. There was a little bit of a lull, but as soon as the Phillies came back, took the lead, the Harper bomb of a home run. Man, it was a pretty good party. It was uh, it, it, traffic and or uh, bumping into people, whatever. Well worth it for the party that was on down yeah. there. I had my own little party as soon as I got over the wall at Whitman. I, you did? I breathed a sigh of relief. Turn up I, the volume on the radio yeah, a little exactly, bit, maybe. And exactly. Dignify that uh, you got to cross back to Jersey. Yeah, it was a great time last night down at uh, Sidney's Bank Park. So, yes, the Eagles, the undefeated Eagles can fly under the radar, at least here in Philadelphia. Nationally, it's nationally, but here in Philadelphia, the Eagles can go back burner here for a little bit because the Phillies are not there yet. Got to beat the Braves today or in game number five, but on their way to another potential NL championship run, which could mean a World Series run. You think the Eagles are good with that? Less less observation, yeah, less under the microscope. They were almost always the, the number one thing being talked about here in town. You think they're all right with uh, letting the Phillies have their moment in the sun? Oh, I think they love it. But, you know, I, I often think about that because they, they you know, they want as little. Um, they're always under the microscope. So I think they enjoy a little bit of a respite. But I've thought about that because they're so, they've been so good over the last two years. They came up just short. And I, I do often wonder if the Phillies actually win and they come up short again. <laughs> might be, a little, no, might not, be not, a little bit jealous yeah not that. not as not as happy as they are right now yeah. I, I certainly believe that and that could have been the case last year wasn't they both got to the same exact place into the championship and came up just short and they both look like they're heading in that direction again today so it's pretty damn good to be a philadelphia sports fan right about now uh all right johnny max so the time you did spend over there in south philadelphia you got to see both the injury report and who was actually out there on the field and how they looked, some in limited participation, some not on the field at all. Uh, what did you make out of those who took part of yesterday's Eagles full practice? Well, well first thing first, was it an intense practice? Because the coach uh, said well, this week we their, their practices we are intense. That's why they're playing this good football 5-0 because of the intense practices that the Eagles go through. I can't tell you that. I mean, we don't get to watch. We only get to watch the entire practice uh, in in training camp. So, you but know, your little segment, however long you're there, before they say come in and they say get out, how intense was it? Well, it's individual. It's stretching, individual work, and uh, that's it. So basically, you you, uh, you can't really cannot gauge intensity, huh? Cannot gauge intensity. Uh, um, but they, you know. I, I think they've proven themselves that they um, have uh, been prepared over a large sample size. So I don't worry about that part of it. But it was a little bit surprising that, uh, you know, coming out of the game, there were no obvious injuries. And we get to Wednesday and all of a sudden Justin Evans is back on the injury report with a knee. He played the entire game um, and, and he wasn't able to practice in Darius Slay. Looking forward to talking to him yesterday, and he didn't practice with a knee injury. Um, so, a little bit of I talked to Slay after the game; he seemed fine, uh, and all of a sudden he's not practicing uh, with a knee injury, and, and Marlon Tui Pelotu is still out with the triceps. But uh, so those were the guys who didn't practice, and, and Fletcher was back in a limited fashion. Kobe was back as. We know from the foot injury, and he's got his uh, 
window, 21-day window open. That's going to be interesting to see how quickly they get him back. And and Cindy Brown uh, limited with the hamstring. So I think that's a positive as far. And this could be the opportunity, you know, if Justin Evans is not able to go, he gets Sidney Brown on the field at safety uh, against, uh, let's be honest, a, a nice little opponent when it comes to the passing game. Like, you know, I got a little concern if it's next week <laughs> um, with Miami in that passing game. But, you know, it, same thing with Nicobe as well when we talk about, well, should Nick Morrow stay on the field? A nice little game to get Nicobe Dean back on the field because I don't think you're going to be stressed too much with the passing game uh, as opposed to what's coming up. So we'll see how the Eagles handle handle that kind of stuff. But I, w- I would say, you know, Evans and Slay not being in practice was certainly the biggest news. Yeah, the fact that Slay, you knew Evans was – uh, at least had been injured prior to, so it could have been something tweaked and give him credit for playing through. But Slay had been no issue whatsoever. And you say you talked to him after the game and he d- didn't bring up any injury thing. Uh, the, that That is a little puzzling. But again, it's it. yesterday was only Wednesday, so he got time before the Sunday game. And Evans, uh, you know, he was out with a neck injury. This is a knee. So this is completely uh, completely different injury. Um, so yeah, a little bit, a little bit surprised. And he played the entire game, played every snap. So, uh, maybe something swelled up afterwards. Um, it's a tough sport, but, uh, was surprised seeing those two guys on the, on the injury report. And John, you and I do this almost on a weekly basis. Some week it's a lot more cut and dry than others. This one is another one that you can uh, try and have some fun speculating and, and guess along with Eagles have to play some roster games again this weekend uh, because of injuries, because of guys coming up from the practice squad to get activated. You only have so many usages of that. Uh, you got a guy coming back off the injured list like N'Kobe Dean. Um, this is how he Roseman's territory. This is what he does. These are the decisions he has to make. I'm sure he consults the coaching staff and they certainly have input, but how he's in charge of the roster and he's the guy who's going to actually make the decisions between now and Sunday as to how the Eagles are going to be formulated for their squad. Yeah, I could go in order, but yeah, let's do that. The punter games. The Eagles have been playing the punter games since the season started, uh, just elevating their punter from the practice squad every single week. Uh, it hasn't been an issue, except for the fact that uh, their punters haven't been all that good. Either their punter that they started the season with or the one they've been going with the last couple of weeks, going against his former team, though maybe he's big-time motivated this week. What are the Eagles going to do with their punting position, John? Yeah, I think it's they're going to keep Braden, man. There's been no evidence that they're going to continue this Um just elevation. Um, Michael Clay talked about it. Certainly seemed to be the indication. So, yeah, they got to bring him up. They got to put him on the fifty-three, and um, yeah, it, it's you know everybody carries a punter, so it shouldn't be that big of a deal. But uh, are they the yeah. only one in the league who elevate who hasn't had a? Punter I would have to look. I mean, I I'm not a hundred percent on that, but. Uh, yeah, it's the first time I've ever heard of somebody doing it that way. Um, now, somebody else may have copied it since. Um, uh, 
but you know that tells you a you don't have a good punter let's be honest i mean even though it's not the most valuable position if you have a good punter you're not going to play those games um so i don't think it's necessarily a good thing that you do it that way because if you have a good punter you're not worried about it and you just put them on the roster so um but, you know, they have a very good offense. They don't punt a lot. As I said, in Los Angeles, they didn't cover one damn kick in the entire game. Um, all touchbacks by Jake Elliott. One punt by Braden Mann. No no, no need to cover. And, you know, when you're only punting once a game, that's pretty good. But, you know, at some point there's going to be a game but it might be weather-related um, where you're going to need a punter, and we'll really see it, but yeah, I think the Eagles have pushed it as far as they can push it. And uh, there's nobody out there that's going to be a dramatic uh, um, improvement over Braden Man. So they got to pull the trigger and put him on the 53. Which means somebody's got to give up a roster spot. We can speculate on that. But uh, before we even do that, uh, Nicobe, like you said, was out there limited as described by the Eagles. Uh, don't know what happened after you guys were told. You've seen enough. Um, if they do, and and they don't have to make this decision till Sunday. If they do, they do have to find a roster spot for him because he's coming off the IR. Now we're back into the conversation of, well, who goes? Is it going to be a Mario Goodrich? Is it going to be a Contavious Street? Um, what do you think if they've got to clear a specific spot? They've got one spot open because of uh, putting uh, Jurgens on IR. Yeah. So yeah. they do have one, which means they would need another. If you're right that they're going to elevate uh, for uh, going forward, Braden Man to the uh, regular 53, they got to create a spot from for Nicobe. How's that going to play out? Um, yeah, I I think most likely um, if they want to activate him this week, I think it's probably going to be Goodrich. Um, that would be my best guess. I I don't think Streets in the conversation any longer um at least in the short term uh because they needed him without Fletcher Cox and Marlin and remember Marlin's still injured so they really want that depth on the defensive front they think and they're right that's the strength of the team um and they really want that uh, depth and experience in case they need it um so I don't think he's even in the conversation right now uh, Goodrich, you know, he got two opportunities, two difficult opportunities. I mentioned yesterday, Justin mm-hmm. Jefferson, Cooper Cup. Good luck. And it worked out as, as well as you might expect. But, uh, yeah, and, and you know, now that they have Bradley Roby, and by the way, they got to bring him up to the 53 at some point. Um, now they there can you go. You got, two more, you got two more free passes with him, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and they probably have some comfort in the fact that uh, it, it's, you know, you could say, well, he can leave. Somebody can sign him, but he's a veteran and he's here for a reason. So I don't think he's going to play that game. So they probably do have that uh, that little bit of rope for the to use the two weeks before Agreed. they bring him up. Um, and, and they probably will use it. So, yeah, they got some uh, stuff. Uh, manipulation. Albert O. I mean, they traded for him, but he doesn't play. Why is he here? Um, you know, Rashad Penny. They need the depth, I guess, if you're worried about 
touches for DeAndre Swift and potential injuries. And he's got a history. He's missed four games every year. So I guess they like having that depth as a Super Bowl contender. But yeah, they have some they have some decisions to make in the coming weeks. No question about it. All right. Uh, roster games are always fun to talk about, even though they might not swing the pendulum of power all that much in wins and losses until it does. That's why we talk about it. And because uh, I guarantee you, as soon as they move away from Rashad Penny, Penny uh, you're going to see DeAndre Swift uh, get a get an ankle sprain. It's almost a given <laughs> when you've got a guy who's on it. Well, he never played. Why do we bother with him? Boom. As soon as you say you move away from him, now all of a sudden go, oh, wait, where's our depth? Oh, shoot. We just cut our depth. Uh, that's that's the job that Howie Roseman has, and he usually does very darn well. All right, Dave's McMullen on McDonald. That makes us back and back birds 365. I see it our green room. Yes, it is a green room. I know that's what they call it in Hollywood, but it's birds 365. So that's why we call it a green room as well. Tommy Lawler from EaglesBlitz.com, longtime Eagle reporter, is going to jump in with us. We'll talk some Eagles Jets with Tommy Lawler next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. Soganow helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. 
Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. You've got John McMullen, Jody McDonald, and our buddy from Eagles Blitz. I-D-G-L-E-S Blitz.com is a very good Eagles website uh, where he posts about the Eagles all week long, both pre and post the game and the like. Uh, Tommy Lawler jumps in with us here on Birds 365. ITL is where I want to go with you first. Back it up 52 weeks. Last year at this time, the Philadelphia Eagles were 5-0. and This year they are 5-0 and and are favored pretty heavily to go to 6-0 against the Jets, Suns, Aaron Rodgers this week. How do you compare this year's team to last year's team as to this moment in time when both teams were undefeated early into the season? Well, last year, <clears throat> last year nobody expected 5-0. and we, we thought that was going to be a good team, but I don't think we thought they were going to go 14-3 and and necessarily to the Super Bowl and, because it's just they were coming off a 9-8 and season. And before that, obviously, they had had the disaster of 2020. This year, they're 5-0. and And so last year, while the Eagles, you know, we, we all thought they were going to be good as they made, they had built that roster. And then the uh, acquiring Chauncey Gardner-Johnston uh, right there in early uh, September, all of a sudden people started saying that could be a Super Bowl team. But I still don't think people within the NFL were shooting for the Eagles. This year, the Eagles are a marked team, Right everybody wants to beat the Eagles. And we saw that the Patriots spent all off season coming up with a game plan to slow down Jalen Hurts. That wasn't happening last year, you know, and then people, you know, we, we saw Minnesota using creative defenses to slow down Jalen Hurts again. That wasn't happening last year. So last year's team was able to win games and there was no pressure this year. There's a lot of pressure. Teams are throwing everything they have at the Eagles. And the fact that they've been able to, uh, find out, find different ways to win without having your A game consistently shows you the team has grown because last year they didn't have their A game against Washington. They lost in the regular season. And that was to Taylor Heineke. This team has been able to figure out the answer for whatever's come their way so far. Yeah, I, I think the biggest difference, Tommy, is what you just said. Last year, people came in and said, all right, Jalen Hurts has got to beat us throwing the football. Um, this year, it's the exact opposite. Uh, they want to they want to limit the off schedule stuff. They want to limit the quarterback run game, and they want somebody else to beat them. Um, and the Eagles been able to find a way. It's pretty impressive. That's what I'm most impressed about. They, you know, Minnesota. You mentioned that they're playing the light boxes, and they're like, "All right, we're just going to run it down your throat." Um, and, uh, you know, they can throw the ball. They can do that. They can they can beat you in so many ways. It's pretty impressive offensively, except asterisk, uh, asterisk, the red zone. What's going on in the red zone? Um, 20, I believe, seventh in the league. They're top 10 in everything, Tommy, except red zone offense. They go from 20 to 20. They got 400-plus yards every week, uh, and then they bog down. But they have Jake Elliott. Uh, overall, though, you would think with Miami coming up, Buffalo, San Francisco, et cetera, they're going to have to score touchdowns at some point. 
So just where we, we talked about how last year, you know, the Eagles did certain things. The team studied them in the offseason. They built plans. The Eagles have overcome that. It feels like people really studied what the Eagles did in the red zone last year and are have come up with ways to to deal with that. They're not caught by surprise. Think how often Jalen Hurts was just such a dynamic force in the red zone last year, running untouched for touchdowns. Yeah. This year, people are focusing on him. And uh, that's taken that element away. Obviously, they haven't thrown a ball a lot to Dallas Goddard this year until last week, period. Dallas Goddard should be a valuable red zone weapon. Tight end, that, that's where tight ends were made to thrive. And so I think part of it's on the, the the execution by the players. You know, you heard Jason Kelsey talk the other day about how frustrated he is with the lack of execution and the, the red zone struggles. Uh, I think part of it's on Brian Johnson and you're trying to get a feel for what works. And unfortunately for Brian, he's stepping in where, again, defenses have studied what happened last year. And he's got to overcome what defenses are throwing at him, what they've taken away. So it'll take a little bit of time. And and it also feels like a lot of red zone possessions are starting at the 10 or 9-yard line, and you got to go to full way. If the Eagles were starting first and goal at the 3 and getting stuff, that'd feel a little worse. But when you're starting at the 9 or 10, you got to go the full full distance. It does make it harder. And uh, so, yeah, it's part of it's on the players and part of it's on the coaches. All right, Tommy, we could get really specific and, and get down to the nitty and the gritty and the details. I just want a, a wide-sweeping uh, evaluation from you. If we were to go either pass-fail, thumbs-up or thumbs-down for the Eagles' two no, new coordinators, I would say you got to go thumbs-up on both at this stage. They're a coordinator of a 5-0 and team. Uh, how can you go thumbs-down? It just would not be fair as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but of the two, defense, offense, which coordinator has impressed you more taking over for a pretty damn successful uh, predecessor? Well, I'll say Sean Desai simply because he's had a bigger challenge with replacing so many parts on the defense. Right okay. now, the offense is the better unit, right? So give Brian Johnson credit for that. But he also was there last year. He inherited a lot of, of pieces that are were there last year. We're talking about replacing the right guard and the number four wide receiver. So, and then I guess a running back. So the rest of it, it was just like, what was there last year? Sean Desai has new linebackers, new safeties. Uh, he, he's got some new faces on the defensive line and he's, he's had to try to figure some things out. He's also had to deal with injuries. It feels like the secondary, they're taking turns getting hurt for a week. And yeah. I know that, that that's the one place you really want continuity. You can, plug and play the guys on the, on the defensive line, because you're going to get the quarterback, you're attacking a run in a certain gap on the secondary. You've got to see the same thing that the guy beside you sees so that you don't jump a route and that he knows which guy is going to, which receiver is going to be covered. And so the fact that they've had so many guys coming in and out and they've managed to, to play so well last week against, against the Rams is impressive. You, you saw earlier in the year when the secondary, again, still new, still learning, there were times, especially when uh, uh, Washington threw some of the bunch sets at him, that the Eagles just looked confused. And then part of that was, uh, I thought Terrell Edmonds just just really struggled in that game. Justin Evans plays on Sunday in place of him, and the Eagles just looked crisper. There were there would be bunch sets where you would see the the three Rams run their route, and you would see uh, James Bradbury jump on his guy. You'd see Reed Blankenship jump on his guy, and you'd see the slot corner jump on his guy, and they do it quickly and fluidly. And getting Bradbury back to the outside, I think, was a big help. He's more comfortable there. 
and then Blankenship is, is healthy and he's playing well. And in the slot corner, it's a little bit of a work in progress. But I think uh, I, I think we saw good things from Bradley Roby. I thought Eli Ricks looked pretty good. And I thought even uh, Mario Goodrich was better as the game went on. Early on, he was really struggling, but he got a little bit more comfortable as the game went on. Yeah, I wonder uh, about uh, the the inside of the Eagles, so straight up the middle. I, I still am concerned about that, uh, Tommy. As you mentioned, you think about what's going on in the slot since Abonte Maddox went down against Minnesota. Um, Mario Goodrich finishes that game. Then the next week in Tampa Bay, they piecemeal it between Bradbury and Sidney Brown. Then Sidney Brown gets hurt. Next week against Washington, it's pretty much Bradbury who's an outside corner, as you mentioned. Then we're like, we got to get Bradbury back to the outside. And it's back to Goodrich and Eli Ricks. <clears throat> and Cooper Cup is really, really beaten both pretty badly. And Slay sort of was the one who said, look, we got to, we got to, we got to switch this up. They even used Slay in there for a couple uh, snaps. And then it was Roby. That's what's going on in the slot. So in one hand, I'm like, that's pretty impressive to persevere through that and get to five and oh, especially against guys like Cooper Cup. Um, and going back to where it started with Jefferson, um, that's pretty impressive. On the other hand, I say to myself, you know what? Matthew Stafford's getting the football out in two point two seconds. Um, Kirk Cousins getting it out in two point four. He usually holds on to the football. Um, this defensive front is masking a lot of deficiencies, Tommy, on the back and the back end in the middle of that defense. You think that's fair or unfair? I think it's fair. Absolutely. You know, and, and that's one of the reasons that the defensive line isn't putting up gaudy sack numbers, right? Quarterbacks are getting the ball out very quickly. Uh, and, and so the Eagles uh, defensive backs only have to cover for a certain amount of time. Uh, that said, when we have seen teams throw down the field, Reed Blankenship has tended to be the deep safety on a lot of those plays, and he's been in position to break up a pass. Uh, he almost picked off a pass against Washington. Uh, so they've, they've done well when teams have gone really deep. When teams have just tried to throw more of the intermediate and, you know, the, the like a deep dig route and things of that nature, that's where they, they need seven-step drops and they need good protection. We haven't seen a lot of that. You know, when, when they've thrown real vertical balls, the Eagles have been able to handle that. But against a team that we haven't seen anybody really throw the ball 15 to 20 yards down a field consistently against them. So that will be a test. The The, the Rams tried some of that uh, with, with shots to Cooper Cup on 20 and 30-yard routes. Yeah, and, and he was open, but that's my well, point, Tommy. But but, see, that, but that's the design of the defense is, yeah. is you tell your defensive back to play good leverage and stay inside him and force the ball to be thrown over the shoulder to the perfect spot. And if you watch, I, I was just re-watching the game last night. Yeah, Josh Sweat is right in, in yeah. Stafford's face, so Stafford throws the ball in out of bounds. You, you can't cover everybody. This is not no. the 85 Bears. And even the 85 Bears, they went up against one team that had an elite passing attack, and the, the Dolphins won 38-24. to 24. When, when, a, when an offense is good at throwing the football, you don't, you're not going to shut them down unless you've got a freak defense that covers at a high level. And there's just yeah. not a lot of those out there. And certainly the Eagles are not that, that kind of defense. Yeah. All right, Tommy, um, I need to ask you about the guy who has been the star and the stud 
really difficult to believe. Well, maybe not. Um, John McGowan? <laughs> of the kind of season that they had last year, all of a sudden a rookie comes in and he's the star of the defensive line that got 70 sacks last year. Yeah, that's exactly what it has been so far with what Jalen Carter's done in the middle. Another dominant performance again last week, even though the Rams did as best they could to limit him by getting the ball the hell out of Stafford's hand as quickly as they did. He played 71% of the snaps this past week. Part of that out of necessity because Fletcher was out of the lineup. Marlon Tui-Pelotu was out of the lineup. But again, looked great on almost every single snap he played. You going to play him less snaps this week because Fletcher's back? Or do you just keep building up his amount? Aaron Donald's on the field, and I'm not calling him Aaron Donald. I'm not getting carried away. But the best defensive tackles in the league do play basically every snap. That They're not part of a rotational base. All right, they get one every 20 plays. It's just give them a quick breath, boom, get them back in there. Are we talking about getting into that territory for Jalen Carter very soon? I would still rotate him. And the simple fact is when he was at Georgia, he wasn't playing a ton of snaps at Georgia. I mean, they, they had such huge leads that he probably wasn't playing much in the fourth quarter of games. So this is not a guy who's used to playing 55 to 60 snaps a game. And again, the Eagles, everything they do this year is has to be predicated on some, on some level of January and February. And Jalen Carter dominating in October is nice. We need Jalen Carter in January and February. So let's let's treat him, you know, listen, baseball analogy. It's a starting pitcher. Why have him pitch eight innings now? Let's have him pitch six, and hopefully by the time he gets to October, that arm will still be fresh for October. And so, you know, let's, let's not wear him out during a regular season, which is important, but this team has bigger aspirations, and you need a fresh, healthy Jalen Carter for a Super Bowl run. And as we know, rookies sometimes, they're not used to playing 17 games. You know, in college, most they played is 15. And again, with a couple of those coming against cupcakes and then with other blowouts, they're just not used to playing that many snaps. So let's not yeah. wear them out. Yeah, I think that's the strength of the Eagles. Jody's right. I mean, Donald's played, I'm just looking it up, 271 snaps, Carter 164. Trying to look at other guys, Deron Payne, 280. Um Derek Brown, 272. When you get to those big numbers, uh, Jonathan Allen, St. Washington, 284. Harrison Phillips, 266. Um, they don't have any depth. They don't have depth. That's why those guys are out there. The Eagles have this extraordinary depth. I think that's the whole key to their defense. I don't want to understate it because, you know, if those guys are gassed in a close game in the fourth quarter, but they got to be out there. That was like Fletcher early in his career where we would kept asking him, are you going to keep playing Fletcher these many reps? Well, they'd be in close games. And I said, we can't take him off the field. Right. Um, nice. and, and I think the strength of the Eagles right now on defense unquestionably is that front. And it's, it, it, it's not only the talent, the talent, the top end talent is phenomenal, but the reserves are good and they're capable um, and if you got it, use it. And the Eagles, I think are going about it, uh, the right way. Are they ever going to be in a close game where they're in a sense of urgency? Well, they already have been in Washington. Washington was close right. to go to overtime. And, 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 and they were closer than that, John. And they were on the field. 
they were on the field. And if that happens again, they'll be on the field. Uh, but in in games where they have a little bit of breathing room, I think it's really smart to to rotate those guys and limit and limit their reps. We've seen they've extended Brandon Graham's career, and they're doing the same with Fletcher now. Fletcher's playing great before he got hurt. Um, yeah, they, and and uh, we were talking about the back end. I think they have to do it that way because they have to dominate up front where I think you start to see some of the weaknesses in the middle of the field. That's That would be my take on it. Um, oh, sure. Yeah. 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 If, if, if you're not uh, – the, the ultimate nightmare for me, I don't know if you guys remember this, back in 2005, the Eagles played Seattle on a Monday night game. And there was a play where Matt Hasselbeck dropped back, and I swear he held the ball for 12 seconds. <laughs> was that the and 40 to whatever game? It, it was a bad blowout, yeah. yeah. And there was a game where he just had nobody near him, and he just stood in the pocket. Yeah. Stood, counted, and counted, and counted, waited. Finally, somebody came up and he hit him for a touchdown. And it literally was – it was embarrassing because, you know, the Eagles, the one thing, even when they're a, a cruddy team, they can get to the quarterback. They affect the quarterback. Th- this team must play defense. And watching that team not be able to get within 10 feet of Matt Hasselbeck, that was a nightmare. So, yeah, you, you've got to, to be able to get pressure. And and, and if this, this defense can't get pressure, then the back seven is definitely going to be vulnerable. But uh, luckily, they, they've built such an array of rushers that they're – they have flexibility. You know, they can speed rush. They can power rush. They have guys coming to the inside. They can use Josh Sweat on stunts. Brandon Graham was lining up a defensive tackle against the Rams on some plays. Yeah. Uh, they were, they were being, yeah. and, and that's one thing talking about Desai. He's been really creative with his personnel and, and moving them around. We've seen Fletcher Cox line up at defensive end. And so he's let them put them in different spots. And it just gives the blocker, if, if you go from blocking Hassan Reddick at, 240 pounds to uh, red uh, again, Cox at 310 pounds. That's two different players, right? You know, so let's throw different things at these blockers and see if you can catch them off guard and, and get to the quarterback. So Sean decides has been creative and this front, this front line uh, has been fantastic. All right. Let's uh, add to Jonathan Desai's creativity uh, and tinkering with the defense that Jonathan Gannon ran last year, though similar, not exactly the same. Um, if I set the over-under sacks for Nicholas Morrow this week at one and a half, seeing as he's got a three-sack game under his belt this year, I think that's a fair number. If you're going under, tell me why Nicholas Morrow won't get a sack, two sacks I'm this going. week against the I'm going. I'm going way under before Tommy jumps in. But go so ahead, Tom. I'm going to go under because I think the game's going to get so out of hand yeah. so fast that he probably won't even play the last three quarters. They'll put the backups in. So well, the that's backups, they, they don't have backups. They got three <laughs> linebackers on it. Quality time for Christian Ellis. Is that what we're talking about? No. So uh, joking aside, I think that the, uh, you know, you're not going to need to blitz Zach Wilson. Uh, that, that Jets offensive line is really banged up. They just lost their right tackle. They've got a rookie starting at right guard who played center in college. Uh, the left tackles had all kinds of issues. So I think that the the front four is going to get pressure on their own. So I I don't expect Nick Morrow to have to blitz in this game. So no. can't can't um, get any can't get any sacks if you don't blitz. And, you know, uh, listen, got a good point there, Tommy. Well, they'll they'll let him green dog. You know, where if the running back stays in and and blocks, then he can he can attack up the field. And his sacks have come when 
Reddick or Carter or somebody flushed the quarterback and he was there to clean it up. Yeah, exactly. And, this is not but, Lawrence Taylor coming around the edge, people. No, he's so much better than Lawrence Taylor. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, he wasn't, those were not convinced. There were two, I believe, there were two delayed blitzes. And yeah, I mean, he's just cleaning up stuff at the front. And that's why. But he's there. He's making, he's making. Yeah, oh, he's playing great. He deserves yeah. uh, credit. He's playing great. Uh, he's making plays, and that brings me to the question, Tommy. I think we all say, well, this can't continue. He's We've seen enough of Nick Morrow to say he's not Fred Warner, um, but, you know, he's number – last week was – yesterday, you know, pro football focus kind of – they grade and they tweak and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, he's number two now. He's number two in the NFL. Um, He's not Brad Warner, though. Um, and I think, you know, everybody's waiting for the shoe to drop. I think the Eagles, to be honest, are waiting for the shoe to drop because they want to get N'Kobe back in the lineup. But the shoe hasn't dropped. And if N'Kobe's ready and he's back at practice, what does Tommy Lawler do? Do you just go back to N'Kobe Dean? Do you so what, move out Zach Cunningham and play them both? What do you do? It, uh, you know, yeah, it, or are we allowed to trade for Fred Warner? Is that one of the options? <laughs> um, yeah. So one of the things I'm curious about, so Nakobe last year played more of the weak side linebacker role, obviously yeah. with TJ Edwards as middle linebacker. Well, Morrow right now has been the guy with the, gr- the green dot. He's been the middle linebacker. I wonder if you could put Nakobe Dean back into the weak side spot and have him play in place of Zach Cunningham. And then you'd have Dean and Morrow on the field together. Who are the more athletic? Well, of you the could certainly do that. If they do that, I think though Nicobe's got the green dot. They don't want to move uh, Nicobe off the green dot. They they think he's the leader of their defense. They think he's really smart. Um, and, and, that's I, and, and by the way, Nick Morrow has extensive experience at both as well. So he's right. got extensive he, experience. He's more defense. comfortable as a weak side linebacker. Yeah. He talked about that last year in Chicago. They had him play in weak side. Or they had him play in middle linebacker when they traded Roquan Smith. They moved him um, to to the. Yeah. They had him starting at the weak side, and they moved him into the middle. Yep. He was more comfortable in the weak side where he's played in space a little bit. Um. So I, I would consider trying to get those two. Like Zach Cunningham has been a good run defender. He tackles. He can shed blocks. He, he's big and strong and physical, but he struggles in coverage. Right. And. Dean and and Morrow are going to be your best cover linebackers. They both tackle well, and they're both solid athletes. Well, Tommy, let me interject. This week, you got the Jets. You got to be worried about the run game, not the pass game. And that's why I wondered if they would hold Nicobe another week and just leave these guys in because they're they're you you want Zach Cunningham on the field for this game, I think, because he is a run defender. Mm-hmm. And with Morrow, you know, if you funnel plays to the inside, he's a, he's a solid tackler. So. I don't know if you want to bring Nicobe in and put the pressure of him having to deal with with Hall, who's an explosive runner. And if you're just a half a second late, you know he can be out down the field for a 50 yard gain. So I didn't know if they if they want to put Nicobe on the field for that as your first game. But then again, I think what is it Miami the week after? So maybe yeah. you want to go ahead and get him because that game's going to be even worse. So yeah. maybe you do go ahead and put Nicobe in this game, yeah. and and maybe you play him in Cunningham. You know, I don't know. They they've got options, and it, mm. listen, that's something we didn't think we'd say. Back yes. in August, right? Yes. Yeah, we yes. didn't think the the we, we thought the option would be okay. So there's Dean, and who else has a pulse? 
if if <laughs> Nicobe's so up this week, options. and we don't know that Nicobe's going to be up yet this week, but if he is, I, I don't see him playing Morrow and Nicobe together for one very big reason, big being the operative word there, neither one of them is. As John pointed out, that right now the number one weapon the Jets have is Brees Hall running the football. Uh, so if you're going to put your best run defensive linebacker unit out there, I think you have to include Cunningham. But I just do want to note that for those who doubted N'Kobe Dean, and N'Kobe played one game, and he got seven tackles. He played well before he went down. So the jury is still out on him, but there are people that have been questioning N'Kobe since he was drafted because of his size. He just used to be too small to play linebacker in the national phase of safety. Morrow is smaller. N'Kobe is bigger than Morrow, and we're seeing him. When is uh, Morrow ranked with the PFF linebackers in the league, John, right now? Uh, number two. Number two. Oh, so he's the second-ranked linebacker in the league. At what size? If he's 215, it's got to be because he's got rocks in his pockets these days, right? Uh, he, he, they list him, again, they list him at 225. Yeah, stop it. Now, uh, stop honestly, it. honestly, if you're asking me who's slightly bigger, slightly, they're both undersized. I would say Nick is slightly bigger. Um, he's slightly taller. Um, now they list Nicobe at two thirty one, which is That's absurd. Ridiculous. Uh, um, I would say now you're right. Nick Morrow played safety in college. He was a safety in college, and he made the the shift. He played at that football factory, Greenville University. <laughs> um, but uh, he was a safety in college, and he made the transition. I would say he's slightly bigger. Nicobe is small, but they're both small linebackers. Right. Um, and and I think both of them are outstanding linebackers. I got a chance to play linebacker. I just wouldn't put them out there together. Now, now you're tempting fate. Now you're saying, yeah, we're just going to go completely on these guys' skill sets and throw uh, size and uh, Yeah. And Zach Cunningham's a linebacker. Zach looks like oh, a linebacker. Oh, no question. He looks yeah. like a linebacker. Yeah. Um. And that's part of it. But, you know, it, the game has changed. It's about more about spacing now. And that's why you have these uh, lighter bodies playing linebacker all over the league, not just not just here in Philadelphia. And let's be um, clear, you couldn't do this without Jordan Davis in front of you. Yes. Right. Yes. So yes, the fact exactly. you got that 320 pound man up there who's able to either eat blocks or control gaps or just clog that middle that keeps blockers from getting to them consistently. And so it allows them to read and get to the football. So, um, yeah, if they had 295-pound defensive tackles, then you'd probably need 240-pound linebackers, you know? Yeah. But with, with yeah. Davis there and then Cox and Carter and the other big guys they had that really clog up the middle, that allows them to play smaller linebackers and, and have more speed on the field. So it really yeah, – Jordan Davis, man, I'm going to take a victory lap on that because I was talking to Jody back when they drafted him. I said, it's not going to show up on the stat sheet. It's It might be too esoteric, but you can't move this guy. And he just takes up two blockers all the time. And, it, and you think about the safety um, with Nicholas Morrow as well. You talk about all the sacks. Uh and, and their run defense is so much improved. That's directly tied to the improvement of Jordan Davis from year one to year two. You just can't move that guy. And when you got a guy you can't move, Vita Bea in Tampa, they've had that great run defense uh, right up until they played the Eagles. Um, but, 
when you got that guy you can't move and you got to try to dislodge it, it makes it really difficult to run the football um so i go back to the front i keep going back to the front it's an amazing group it really is yeah. it was but who was it bucky brooks right jody number one group of any unit any team national football league Eagles yeah. defensive line over anybody's defensive line offensive line quarterbacks wide receivers running any group Eagles defensive line number one in the National Football League. And I agree with them. I agree with them. It it is it is so deep and so dominant. Um I think that yeah, I so I go back. I have a lot of concerns with the up the middle defense in the scene. But you know, you mentioned Miami. I asked Jody, so I'll ask you, Tommy. The Jets, you know, let's be honest. It's not Aaron Rodgers, it's not Zach Will, it's Zach Wilson. You're, he's not going to. You're not going to be fearful in the passing game this week. Even though I love Garrett Wilson, I think he'd be a star if he had a quarterback. Um, is this the week? Justin Evans showed up on the injury report um, out of nowhere. He played the entire game in Los Angeles. He was out of practice with a knee injury. It wasn't the neck, so it's a, a new injury. We know his injury history in general. So he's back on the injury list. Is this the week can get Sidney Brown in at safety and say, you know, you don't have to worry about being gassed. You, you know, you can sort of learn on the job. I don't think he could do that against Miami, but maybe you get him his feet wet. Is this the week? I hope so, because I was really discouraged when I saw Terrell Edmonds play in Washington uh, in that game. I, I just thought he – really struggled and was slow, didn't cover well, didn't tackle well. Just and the the one big hit he got was when he hit the quarterback out of bounds. Uh yeah, so is uh, what if uh, Justin Evans if he can't play and we're still early and well not early I guess. We still have time to we'll see how that goes. But if he can't, if Evans can't play, I'd rather have Brown. I'd rather live with a rookie mistake than to have a veteran who's just playing bad football. And uh, maybe I'm being overly harsh on one game, but I, a veteran just shouldn't play like that. That really bugged me. So, uh, so, yeah, I'd rather have the rookie out there. And we know one thing, he's going to bring some juice to the defense. He's going to fly around. He's going to be physical. He's going to hit. And uh, he showed against Tampa he can make some plays. He's got talent, right? So I, I'd want to get that guy out there. I, that that would be my hope. We'll see what Sean Desai thinks. All right. Uh... John, just one note on your boy, Jordan Davis. You know who's making him look bad? Maybe worse than anyone else in the National Football League? His teammate, who is capable yeah. of actually putting uh, up the stats. He actually gets no. the thing. He takes uh, two blockers and still gets the quarterback and or makes the tackle. That's yeah. the guy who's making and he's. I think Jordan Davis playing great, but the guy's making him look bad. Well, I said right next yeah. to him. Look, I said from day one when he got drafted, it might be too esoteric for the fan base because it's not going to be. And Jalen Carter's like, bang, in your face. Yeah, he's the, he's the Aaron Donald type defensive tackle. If this were a four-man front, he'd be the under tackle. He'd be the three technique. And and Jordan would be the nose tackle, the shade. If you go the old Jim Swartz and one guy's responsible for doing the dirty work and the other guy's responsible for you know, showing up in the box score. And that's, everybody's got their role. Absolutely. Jordan, Jordan does his role very, very well this season. 
I uh, Tommy, want to run this one by. I give credit to our buddy Brandon Lee Gowton, who put these stats out yesterday. Um, trips into the red zone. We talked earlier about that's been one of the few spots that the Eagles at five and zero have actually been worse this year than they were last year. Um, Eleven trips into the red zone where uh, DeAndre Swift has been the guy in the backfield for the Eagles. Eagles have scored six touchdowns and settled for five field goals. When Kenny Gainwell has been the guy in the backfield for those uh, uh, red zone trips, the Eagles in 10 tries, excuse me, uh, excuse me, eight tries, have one field, one touchdown, four field goals, turned it over on downs once and ran out the clock uh, twice. So Kenny Gainwell, when he's been in the red zone as the number one back, is one of eight scoring touchdowns. DeAndre Swift is six of 11 scoring touchdowns. That's a pretty big disparity. Uh, John uh, told me all year at training camp leading up to, they trust Kenny Gainwell. He's going to be the high leverage back. He's going to be the guy in the big spot. He has been, and he has not been producing. When Swift had been given a chance, Gainwell out of the lineup, came up big. Did they give it up this week and just leave DeAndre Swift in there? when they get inside the red zone to try and fix some of those issues? It sounds like they sure should. Uh, or mix in Boston Scott, do something. But uh, Gainwell has worked well in that role in the past, and who knows why it's not working. Again, maybe when, with defense, it's really adjusting to what to, to focus on, um, on Jalen Hurts. That has taken away some of Gainwell's effectiveness for some reason. I don't know. Uh, but the bottom line is it's, the stats don't lie. And he's mm-hmm. obviously not getting the job done. So uh, the, the Eagles ought to do something because they, they need to listen. Touchdowns versus field goals just makes all the difference in the world. The Eagles dominated that game in Los Angeles. And yet with four and a half minutes left, it was a six point game. You know, if they just have one touchdown instead of a field goal, then that's a two possession game in the third quarter. And the Eagles can can breathe a little bit. And that makes a huge difference. That puts more pressure on the Rams. Maybe all of a sudden you see Stafford taking chances and throwing balls up that the Eagles can can attack. So uh, scoring touchdowns is critical, and the Eagles have got to do a better job of that, whether it's personnel, coaching, execution, something. But I hadn't seen that, so that's that's interesting. That's that's interesting. Um, I'll leave it here with you, Tommy. At Lawler NFL, make sure you follow uh, Tommy on X, Twitter, uh, eaglesblitz.com um, I'm going to leave you with a conspiracy theory why not uh, love a good conspiracy theory I told uh, Jason Kelsey was um, pretty fired up uh, at, at one point due to the red zone difficulties even putting his hands on Jeff Stoutland a little bit um, and I told Jody yesterday he, he, he talked after the the game but he didn't want to get into it i said he wanted to create content for uh new heights his podcast (laughs) and sure enough he talked about it uh and it was the red zone issues the communication issues but the larger point i joke about the conspiracy theory the larger point is we've seen it with aj brown we've seen it now with jason kelsey so a little bit in the past with with somebody like Dallas Goddard, uh, Darius Slay. Is it a good thing that they're so emotional? What, the, the head coach is emotional, or is it a bad thing? 
that's a there's not a blanket answer for that right um what it's it's you want your your team and your coaches to be genuine so if they're emotional people and they're emotional on the sidelines that's okay it just can't be fake emotion uh if you remember years ago when marty morningweg was the coach in detroit he got mad one day in practice and went and got on his motorcycle and drove off to show his, his anger at his team. <laughs> it was completely staged because why would his motorcycle be by the end zone during a football practice? <laughs> so the, the team just looked at him and said, oh, dude, that, you got to be kidding me with that stunt. So the, 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 he was an awful head coach. Uh, I just happened the other day to watch the eclipse of back in 1994. The Eagles played San Francisco 140 to 8. Steve Young got benched in that game and was furious at George Seifert for benching him and screamed at him just the most ungodly things, trying to get George Seifert to fight him. And George ignored him the whole time. And Steve, Young, Steve Young's teammates all of a sudden kind of saw him in a different light because he'd always been kind of uh, not a super emotional guy. Yeah. And he said them, him being emotional, his teammates kind of got fired up by that. And as you know, they went on to win the Super Bowl that year. So emotion can be, it can be a good thing if it's genuine and it's, it's under control. And um, the Eagles seem to be able to, you know, Sirianni talks about being from an Italian family. You know, you can yell at each other and still love each other and that, that's okay. It seems to be okay. Now, listen, we're talking about athletes and these guys have egos the size of Montana. So uh, you don't know if somebody's going to get a little out of hand with that. Something's going to go wrong. Uh, so it is something to watch. That's for sure. All right, last thing for you, Tommy. We'll just have some fun with this. I'm not really putting you to the test, but I am. Um, Nick Sirianni, with his win last week, improved to the fourth best coaching record in the history of the National Football League with two years of Marta. He's number four in the history of the National Football League as far as winning percentages go, over 700. Who are the three guys ahead of him? So one of them's got to be John Madden. That would be correct. Very good. Number um, two. George Allen. He's ahead of George Allen. Tyrion. Oh, he is? Okay. That. Yeah. Um, Bill Walsh. Not Walsh. Not Walsh. Nope. Wow. Uh, I know Madden had a short career. Oh, uh, Tony Dungy? Mm-mm. No, wow. I, I don't know who are the other two. Uh, what, one is Lombardi. Is Lombardi, yeah. Because yeah. most people consider him Lombardi, the greatest. Yeah. Uh, George Hallis? No. No? A guy I never heard of before today. Before I oh. I looked him up and saw Guy Chamberlain? Guy From the 20s, Guy the 1920s, somewhere, I believe it or the not. Pottsville Maroons? He played for the. He played one season for the Frankfurt Yellow Jackets oh, before he became go. a coach. Okay. Hey, let me ask you: Do you have Do you have the numbers there, Jody? Who's yes. got the highest winning percentage? Guy Chamberlain at uh, seven sixty something. Now think Madden. about this, guys. I, that why I wanted to hear the number. After the two and five start, Nick Sirianni is twenty six and six. That is eight thirty. Yeah, that would he can't, can't go back and wipe those out, but you're right. Since yeah. then, he's been that good. Uh, Chamberlain won Madden 759, Lombardi 738. Right now, Sirianni's at 718. Fourth best coaching record in the history of the 
history of the National Football League. And we don't talk about it. We really should. He's doing no. a hell of a job. I'm glad you said that because I'm that I I don't think a lot of Eagles fans understand what this run is. It yeah, is right. unbelievable. Right. Yeah. Hertz is what twenty two and one in his last twenty two and one. Twenty two and one. That's um that's freaky. And uh, they'll see if they can add a little percentage on each this weekend against the Jets. Tommy, great stuff. Always a pleasure when you come on. We love having you. We will certainly be calling you back again in just a couple of weeks. Yeah, it was great talking to you, fellas. Our pleasure. Check out his website, Eagles, I-G-G-L-E-S, EaglesBlitz.com. Tommy makes a couple of very good Eagle posts each and every single week. All right, McMullen and McDonald posting for you every day here on Birds 365. We'll come back. I'll give you another pretty good stat. I'm stealing stats all over the place. BLG put up a good one yesterday. Ruben Frank put up a good one today. Fourth. He's fourth. Nick Sirianni has got the I'm, I'm more, I'm more focused good. on that 8-13 uh, uh, since since the flower speech. Yeah, see, uh, that uh, I, I can't. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. 
For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Do that. You, 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 you do that. I don't think you can. Other than taking away, I was like, well, when he Well, started, no, because I'm, I'm, I'm not taken away from those guys. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to point out, as I said to Tommy, I do not think people understand the run they're on. Well, not, not everybody. Many people do, but a lot of people do not. This shit doesn't happen right. in this league. It doesn't happen in this league, um, and that's why I bring it up. Uh, yeah, two and five, you get they yeah got off to a terrible start. Yeah, that, um, that, even adding two and five, acknowledging it was a two and five start, and he's still the fourth best coach in history of the National Football League to this point. Pretty damn impressive. He's McMullen. I'm McDonald. We'll come back with more Birds 365. Stay right there. you own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428 267-261-3428 my name is dr bruce grossinger and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com.
You got your Mega Mac guys here on Birds 365. John McMullen, Jody McDonald. Uh, we got another hour and change. Well, no, not in change. An hour to play. Uh, Jeff Mosher from InsideTheBirds.com, both website and podcast, is going to jump in in about 15 minutes from now. Haven't talked to Mosher in a couple of weeks. Looking forward to that. All right, John, I was going to ask this of Tommy. We ran out of time. I took us off on a historical coaching record tangent. I think it's worth noting, but uh, didn't get to this question, so I'm going to put it to you instead. Under over, I just looked it up on uh, my sports wagering website. Yards receiving this weekend for De- Devontae Smith is 52 and a half. Over. Yeah, so do I. I think it's an easy over. Yeah. And here's my question. Um, week one, Dallas Goddard had one target and no receptions. And it was pretty damn obvious that he was going to come out and throw him the football. Now they did. It wasn't very effective. He had six catches, which is a big number for Dallas on a given week. But for only 22 yards, which kind of baffled me. But they did. They force fed him the football. I think it was a concerted effort to get him the football, and they did. A.J. Brown has a little bit of a dust-up on the sidelines with uh, his quarterback, which the coach tried to pretend he didn't even see when he was actually part of it, and they caught it on video, and he had to come back. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, (laughs) And the next week, they throw the ball to A.J. Brown 12 times. I think he was targeted 12 times. Well, A.J. was right away, even in that game. I think he got the next, uh, you know, they went right to him. After the dust right. up, they, they don't don't need downtime yeah. to figure out. We gotta get him the ball up, yeah. boom, right away. Um, and this past Smith, Devonte Smith was a non-factor in the game. Not that it shut the Eagles' offense down all that much because Goddard and uh, Brown were that good. But uh, I'm guessing that uh, at least a mention has been made somewhere between the wide receiver and his quarterback, the wide receiver and his offensive coordinator. I it maybe not as. Uh, outwardly as A.J. Brown does, but my guess is there's going to be some kind of communication to say, hey, my turn to eat this week. I think it's going to. What does that tell you about the Philadelphia Eagles? That when they want to get, when they specifically decide we need to get this guy the ball that much more often, that they can just go ahead and do it. What's it tell you about the Eagles? They're really good. (laughs) Um, Most things, yeah. I mean, and you go back to last year in Detroit, week one, Devontae didn't catch one pass. And right the next week, I think he got the first two plays the next week, and he caught a bunch of passes. Um, so it's happened in the past as well. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I think I said it earlier this week. Coaches always say, it's a good problem to have. But, you know, after good, the word problem is still, still in that phrase. part of it, yes. Um, and... I talk about it all the time when people want uh, B. John Robinson or or um, DeAndre Hopkins or whomever else we talked about in the offseason. Ain't enough footballs right now to go around. You finally got DeAndre Swift involved with the passing game. People have been talking about that forever. Um, finally got that in, involved in the mix. Um, yeah, it's not it's not easy to keep everybody happy every week. Uh, but the good thing is if you win, it's, it's hard to complain. It's hard. It's hard to complain if you keep winning. And we just talked about the winning 
um, in the run they're on. So I don't think anybody wants to be that guy when you're winning. Um, when you're losing, it's easy. Um, but I don't think anybody wants to be seen as so selfish that uh, they're complaining uh, when you're five and zero. So I think that that helps uh, mitigate it. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of pressure to, for Brian Johnson and Nick Sirianni and Kevin Petula to get everybody involved, and uh, it's hard to get everybody involved every week. John, uh, no, you haven't had uh, access to certain coaches. I'd love to get a quote from a guy. Sirianni can certainly speak to it because he's the head coach, but the guy you'd want to talk to would be, of course, uh, Jeff Stoughton. How'd the Eagles graded out Sue Opetis since he took over and filled in for Cam Jurgens? Um, I mean, it says a lot that he took over for Cam Jurgens. Um, so I do think that he caught their eye uh, in training camp as a potentially improved player. Um, but I, I, somebody said, um, on another show, somebody said, um, you know, handled Aaron Donald. I mean, the Eagles aren't dumb. They ain't playing the whole thing around Aaron. Everything was slid to Aaron Donald. He got a lot of help and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, we're just good coaching. (laughs) It's nothing against Sua. I mean, but yeah, if you left him on an island, he would not have had a good game. So I think they're very happy with him and how he handled himself, specifically coming in in-game um, the week before um, against Washington. They were really happy with them because, you know, last year, if you think about how they did it, um, it was Andre Dillard was the left side um backup um even moved in the left guard there finally got it in year four <laughs> um and jack driscoll was the right backup the right side is backup. jack driscoll still, still on a team i'm sorry we don't we don't approach his name much i haven't needed to but yeah right well, he, that he, was a, me. he was the guy playing last year and now he's in witness protection yeah i thought what they when they had a week to prepare um I thought maybe they'd go to Jack. Um, so I think that says a lot about Sua. And they said right away it was going to be Sua. Yeah. They didn't play games. Um, which which Nick loves to play, that competitive yeah. advantage. So, don't kill anybody anything game. So I think it, that tells you all you need to know, that they're happy with them uh, because they had other options. And Tyler Steen, you know rookie third round pick that they drafted to be the long-term answer at right guard uh, because obviously Cam is eventually going to move to center. Um, they have him as well. And they're like, nope, it's Sua. So I think that more than anything else tells you that they, they're very, very happy with him. And he's played very well. And you you made a good point because, uh, yeah, I did see a couple. Oh, he completely shut down Aaron Donald. No, the Eagles offensive line yeah, shut down Aaron yeah. Donald. He was he was part of it and probably a big part of it. But if you think they left him on an island, mano a mano against Aaron Donald. And, and, and by the way, I asked, that, that did not happen. You gotta. You don't even no. need to go to the All-22. You could have picked no. that up off your TV on Sunday that the Eagles – 
handled it quite wisely by giving him help against the best defensive tackle in the NFL. Yeah, and I asked, I talked to Nick about this yesterday. For people that were watching the press conference, they might have heard it. I, you know, because Quentin Williams is a heck of a player this week, mm-hmm. and he's not nobody's Aaron Donald, but he's a heck of a player. He's in the conversation um, as being you know, the best uh, defensive tackle outside of Aaron. And, you know, Nick mentioned, yeah, we can't do that this week because the Jets, the Rams don't have anybody else. So the Eagles were smart and they slid and they also chipped. Well, they can't really do that against the Jets because the Jets have other Good defensive players. Oh, they have Line, they linebackers have very... unlike the Rams linebackers. Oh, the what, Rams what were the numbers you gave us yesterday on the Ram linebackers? Oh man, I've oh, never man, seen bad. such a low grade on the poor Rosenboom kid. But uh um yeah, the Jets have good players all over the place on defense. They got good corners. I, I don't know, Breed is healthy, but they got good linebackers. They got good safeties. They got good defensive linemen. You can't just say, oh, I'm going to slide everything to Quentin Williams because somebody else can hurt you. Um, but the Rams didn't have that. So the Eagles took advantage of it, and and the coaching staff deserves credit for it. But so does Sua. Don't get me wrong. But, yeah, he got a lot of help. He should have gotten a lot of help. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, that was just good coaching by the Eagles, and we see it time and time again. Anybody who at any time comes through Stoutland University seems to overachieve expectations. He's better than what you think he's going to be or where he's drafted. That's that's part of being an Eagle offensive lineman. You talked uh, last segment with Tommy about we're not realizing, not given enough credence to what this run is that the Eagles are on right now, Coach Sirianni, whatever. Same thing with Stoutland. We, we, we could just sit here and give him his props on a daily basis because the Eagles offensive line, from the day he showed up, it's just gotten better, gotten better, gotten better, and got better. And Suo Peta is just the, the latest example of such that the guy who he was uh, dropped to the practice squad last year, was he not, John? Yes. Yes. Uh, he was, how did he was, how did somebody in the National Football League not take a chance there? There are so many teams whose offensive know. lines are in disarray. Well, it's and you got a guy who's spent quality time at Stoutland University, and the Eagles take a risk and put him out there, and you don't snap him up? Shame yeah. on the other teams in the National Football Asua was originally way back when he first started. He was on the practice squad. Miami tried to sign him off the practice squad, and the Eagles – liked him so much that they they elevated him uh to the 53 to keep him uh and then you know he had some struggles and they ultimately released him again yeah everybody had a shot at him um yeah i i often wonder why jeff stoutland's assistants don't get offensive line coaching jobs. I don't know. Cause there's a lot of bad offensive lines out there. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, maybe they just don't interview well, because you would think learning from the master would get you shot somewhere, someplace, and uh, maybe it will happen this off season. All right. I gave you the, uh, under over numbers for, um, Devontae Smith this week, and we both seem to think that the Eagles will do what they need to do to get him more involved, get him more touches, get him more plays. Um, how do you think Jalen's running goes this week? 
kind of a surprise last week. Not that he ran, but ran a lot and ran aggressively. My word the week before using his running to describe was tentatively. I would call a couple of the runs last week, this past week against the Rams, aggressive runs, running through tackles, not going down, fighting for extra yards. A little bit of a difference than what we saw the first four games. Now that that's on tape, now that it's been discussed, what kind of a running game do you think we get from Jalen Hurts against the Jets? Well, it's interesting because I look at the Jets defense on paper and I go, well, this is the most talented group um, the Eagles have faced this year on defense by a wide margin, I would say. Um, But it hasn't really shown up when you look at the statistics. Um, so you would know better than I what they're doing. They're 29th in the league in, in rush defense. Um, I, I can't explain that. <laughs> so I, is the offense having that much of a deterrent on the defense? Uh, because, in a, you know. In a word, when, yes. Yeah, when yeah. you when you struggle that much, I know that. 32nd pass offense, so dead last. 32nd in third down offense, so dead last. 31st in red zone offense, so second to last. Um, yeah, Eagles red that's... zone offense looks good this week yeah. in comparison no, to comparison. the opposition. Comparison, yeah. So the offense has been so bad, I assume it's wearing on the defense. Um, and that it's still a small sample size when you talk about the number of games. Uh, but I look at the five, individual. Five starting to grow, John. Five will get here a third of the season. After this week, it'll be more than a third of the season. Well, I look at the individual players on the Jets defense, and I say, well, that guy's good. 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 Um, so I can't explain why they're ranked 22nd in the NFL in defense. I, I think it'll adjust or maybe I'm overrating the talent. Um, no, you, but they you, look good you, you on answered, paper. You answered your own question. Um, the offense is dragging the defense down. They, they're a talented defense. They got a lot of talented defensive players, but they're just out there so often because the Jets go one, two, three punt. Um, yeah, it's that, that, that they're, what do you give me as a number 22nd? Do I believe the Jets are the 22nd best defense in the National Football League? Not on your life. No, no shot. I know they're I'm better saying. than that. So, I, you know, when you talk about the running game, the quarterback running game, I, I mean, how are they going to play? Are they going to play like New England? I, I don't know. They have linebackers that could spy. Um, You know, Quincy Williams has been tremendous this year from the film grades from PFF, um, you know, I, I, it's, 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 it's difficult because that offense, and that's why football is the complimentary game. It is because yep. that offense is dragging down that defense. So ultimately I think you might see some inflated statistics in the second half for the Eagles. Um, and I assume that's what happens to the Jets because they're out of the game. Human nature. Uh, you start to. That's say, what happened against the Cowboys. I watched that game. Yeah. They just, they completely lost focus because they yeah. were behind and they knew they had no. It happens all the, the time. And they it, lost focus. It happens all the time. 
And and if you're in a game, you're locked in close. Um, they are human beings, um, football players. So um, they have those types of things. So I my my assumption is the Eagles' numbers are going to be better than people expect because they're going to get some inflated numbers in the second half. That's what the Eagles need to do, get a lead and just keep extending it. All right, you got uh, McDonald and McMullen. We're going to add another M to the group. That would be our boy, Jeff Mosher from InsideTheBirds.com, both the website and the podcast. A couple of weeks since we had Moshan. We're punching him up next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. Soga now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Oh, he disappeared on us. I swear he was just sitting there. There he comes. All right. Was that nature calling or are you getting more coffee? He's Which back. one? Oh, shit. 
I was actually looking for a Phillies T-shirt. I was gonna oh, throw one on to support the team, and come I, on. I think it's dirty. That's Nick Sirianni's job, Chad. Oh, that's Panther a good point. Sheep. Yeah, you don't, you don't need that. And that's yeah. that's a quasi red shirt. We'll accept yeah. that as a Philly shirt. You don't have to go full full on brand on it. So we'll give you the props for it. All right, uh, most here's here's why I want to start with you. I'm gonna eliminate the easiest of easy answers, which is okay. if I put players in. And I asked you, what has been the most impressive aspect of the Philadelphia Eagles? You'd probably go to Jalen Carter. You should at least, because what he's done is kind of come. We knew he's going to be good. Nobody knew he's going to be this good. So I'm going to take an individual player out of it. So it's just an aspect of the Eagles, offense, defense, coaching, a specific area on the field. What to you at 5-0, and haven't lost yet. What has been the most impressive aspect of the Philadelphia Eagles through these first five games? So I actually think I wouldn't have answered your question. You wouldn't have gotten Carter. I would have done what you wanted me to do anyway, which was take a big, bigger picture, look at it, and not an individual. I would have told you that the most impressive thing about the Philadelphia Eagles, even more so than last year, is the play that they're getting in the trenches, in the offensive and defensive line. The offensive line, I think, has been – I think you would say more so than last year because they're, they've had two new right guards this year and haven't skipped a beat. Um, and defensive line, it's very hard to lose a player as good as Javon Hargrave and say yeah. you're better. And I'm not here to disparage anything Javon Hargrave did. Having a great but, year. but he's ha- And he's doing what he does. He sacks quarterbacks. Yeah. But the Eagles got tougher and meaner up front when he left and they put Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis – became or is starting to become the Jordan Davis that the Eagles wanted when they drafted him two years ago, which he was not last year. That combination right there in the middle of the Eagles defense has made them a bully. And I wouldn't quite call them last year. They were a bully against quarterbacks, but now they're a bully against running backs and quarterbacks. Yeah. I'm I'm with you. I, I said the best way it. I can describe Jalen Carter is the Eagles lost a $21 million defensive tackle on free agency deservedly so and they got better and they got better <laughs> they are better they are um because Jalen carter's that good of a player um I, I, in los angeles jeff i was worried at halftime i was mm-hmm. worried i said oh this is going to be a problem because cooper cup was killing this team i mean just killing them and then second half comes around over nothing 80 yards of ball pens from the rams and I pointed to the one play, the more violent of the two sacks by Jalen Carter and Matthew Stafford was looking for a flag, didn't get a flag, and he was done. That was yeah. it. So you talk about that bully aspect. Yeah. And, and Bucky Brooks was the guy, give him credit from NFL media, said, and this was in the offseason, Bucky said, this is the best position group group in the entire NFL any position group from any team the Eagles defensive front they win games because of their defensive line their offensive line and their quarterback but have you ever seen a run like this no no I mean even in the even in the best days of you know the early days of Andy when they went to four NFC championship games in a row in a Super Bowl um, I, I think this team is still a better in the trenches team to, to, you know, to your point um, and a deeper 
overall team in a lot of positions. Uh, I think what the Eagles do, John, that I haven't seen them do in a long time is, is uh, even when they were good, is demoralize opponents. Because if you're on defense against the Eagles, you almost have to force a negative play or a plus zero on first down. Because if they get three to four on first down and it's now second and six or second and seven, and all they do is pick up two or three more, they got two more downs. They're coming. This is not three downs and punt if you don't get it. They convert fourth down, fourth and short. They convert third and long with their running game as well as anybody. So if you don't get the if you don't get a third down sack, if you don't get a stop on first down, which is hard because the Eagles offensive line is so good, um, it's 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 really hard to keep them from moving up and down the field. I really think the game against the Rams was closer in score than in actual identity. Uh, the Eagles have what six or seven drives of at least 10 plays or at least yeah. six yards. They were not necessarily stopped uh, very much by the Rams defense. It was a grinded out game, which is what the Eagles have been doing. That's why the score doesn't get very high because they just work the ball down the field and work the ball down the field. Uh, and on defense, they're demoralizing because they just come at you with that front four all the time. And you know what? Stafford probably to this day, I don't know, quarterbacks get over it in 24 hours, right? But if I'm Stafford, I on Monday, I'm probably still thinking about how I missed Puka Nakua. Uh, no, Atwell for a touchdown there in what was it? The third quarter is wide. I mean, he had a yeah, and he missed a cup a couple times down the field because he right. was hurt. That's what I mean. Yeah. You, you you can miss a couple of throws, and again, yeah. it happens all the time. Joe yeah, Hurts yeah. missed two or three throws, but if you miss three or three throws against the Eagles, forget it. Like yeah. that. That's where it's demoralizing. You have to play a damn near perfect game against them. All right. Let me flip it over to the other quarterback. That would be the Eagles uh, quarterback, Jalen Hurts. John and I just mm-hmm. talked about this before we punch you up. Um, Jalen had his best running game of the year by far on Sunday against the Rams. And for me, he ran with a purpose and he ran with aggressiveness as compared to what I described as tentativeness, the first four games. And the coach got a little defensive about it after the game. Say, what do you guys? What do y'all say? He can't do it anymore. No, it. No one said that. Nah, coach, we just no asked no, we, why he wasn't right. running the same way as he had. But right. coach was ready to jump to his defense right away. Good for you, coach. Um, but now we got another week, and Jalen just kind of some people speculating he wanted to prove a point and that uh, he was going to show it. But yeah, I can do this anytime I want. Uh, stop with the questioning here. Is he a running quarterback again this week? If we considered him a running quarterback last week, was that just to set the record straight to point plant the seed to other teams? Yeah, I can go whenever I need to. I can turn up, I can run to attack and get a first down. You don't be cheating on me. Um, what kind of a rushing attack do you expect? What kind of a running contribution do you expect Jalen Hurts to make this week? So Let's go back to the way he ran against the Rams. I do think that uh, while well, he, he carried 15 times, and that was a lot. That was twice as many as he's had in any game so far this year. And I definitely believe that from Jalen to the coaches to maybe even the front office, right, I, I believe there's been a, a directive to say, let's not take unnecessary hits. You're our big-time guy now. You paid a lot of money. You've had injuries in each of the last two years. You've progressed as a passer. There's really no need. And, and honestly – Teams are going to account for him in the run game, whether he's running or not. If you go watch what Minnesota did 
with yeah. at times or Jordan Hicks trying to play the gaps, but also trying to play the outside. And he never ran, but he, he has to be accounted for. So he doesn't necessarily have to run on the zone reads. And I think against the Rams, a lot of that running yards, uh, a lot were on scrambles because he was start, he got out of the pocket and ran. Um, and then a couple of times the Rams played some alignments, right? I mean, there was one alignment where both they, they came out with two, three techniques, which is, you know, you got both defensive tackles over the guards outside shoulder and there's a, a, a channel a mile wide to run straight through the middle. That's where he just called his own number, ran straight up the middle and got like 15 yards on it. So I do think some of that was, well, if you're going to give me that, I'm going to yeah. take it. Right. Yeah. Cause I don't, I'm not even going to get hit. So there was, there was some of that. I, I don't know if he's going to run 15 times against the jets. Jets do have a good pass rush. So I imagine he will probably have to make some plays. Have good linebackers. Don't, don't forget the Rams have the right. worst linebackers in the history of civilization. Oh. So, uh, <laughs> uh, those, did. those guys were a bit overmatched. Yeah. The jets, uh, this is the most talented defense they faced. Um, mm -hmm. I think this year from a, you know, um, now, Jody well, the Bucks and I were, were pretty good. I mean, from a talent standpoint, I think. Yeah, the yeah, the Bucks, yeah. Bucks are very good. Um, yeah. uh, but the Jets have playmakers at all three levels. It won't be as easy because you can game plan for for Aaron Donald. The Eagles did it very well. Uh, slid everything his way. Even you rarely see chips for interior players. You saw chips. Yeah, <laughs> for an interior well, player. How about Kenny Gainwell putting a yeah. double chip on the same play <laughs> in which he caught the ball and then bowled over some yeah. guys for first down? Yeah. you don't really see that a whole often. That was yeah. pretty good. Um, yeah. So they did a nice job game planning. I don't think they can do it this week uh, with the Jets because other people can take advantage of it. Yeah, but. Boy, I look at this offensive line. And now Sua um, – and Jody asked me an interesting question yesterday, and he said uh, if they played right now – and actually I was on our buddy Paul Dama, which is podcast. He asked me the same question, Jody. It's my if the 49ers line. and the Eagles met today, who would I pick? And both Jody and, and Dama went with the 49ers. I went with the Eagles because – um. I look at the 49ers. They have the great skill position players. Christian McCaffrey's unbelievable. Kyle Shanahan scheming up. Brock Purdy's playing like an MVP. They got four receivers that can gouge you. They have a Hall of Fame left tackle. But the other four offensive linemen are the worst players on the Eagles, on the 49ers offense. And how are they going to deal with the Eagles' defensive front? Mm -hmm. Vice versa, the Eagles can block anybody. Yeah. Well, Nick Bosa came in here last year. Yeah. No problem. That's that might be the best pass rusher in football. It's a good point, Wayne John. Johnson. I mean, as great as their offense is and looks and flashy, right? The the base of their offense is still run and run action and playing off of that. And if you can't get good runs with McCaffrey or Eli Mitchell or whoever they have, if the Eagles are able to put them in in difficult down and distance scenarios for Brock Purdy and say, make Brock Purdy win the game without that, that, that becomes really difficult. So I could see your point there. Yeah. However, however, if anybody is going to be able to take advantage of the issues the Eagles are having with communication on the back end in the slot, 
oh, yeah. uh, be able to strike in that intermediary area, it would be the 49ers. So I could sort of seeing it being neck and neck a little bit, but I, I totally understand. But the larger point, point why, why I brought that up, the offensive line of the Eagles. Mm-hmm. So we talk about that on a consistent level. Now you lose Cam Jurgens, Sue Opeta. I was a little bit surprised that there wasn't more of a conversation because you have Jack Driscoll, who's played right guard in the past. You have Tyler Steen, who the Eagles drafted to be their right guard of the future. And they were like, and you know Nick Sirianni, Jeff, competitive advantage, everything. He doesn't want to admit everything. But Mm -hmm. with Sua, he said, no, we're going to go with Sua. Has he improved that much? Well, one thing I was told, John, um, coming out of camp, when when we were all trying to figure out our 53s and we're all doing our homework, uh, I was told by a pretty strong source that Sua Opeta was not just one of the most improved linemen in camp, but was one of the most overall improved players in the entire camp, which is hard sometimes to notice because he's always running second or third team. Uh, You know, for example, I was also told Julian Good-Jones was putting on some good tape, you know, the the third string center or whatever but who would know that right from mm-hmm. from, from practice or tape uh, who would have known Tanner McKee because those guys never get any any reps in practice and then you go see him in a game so I when I was told that I was like that was interesting and it, it did make sense because I thought last year he started to turn the corner a little bit because he had to play as a guy who couldn't when he first started out remember he could only play I think left guard yeah. he could not play the right side and this is just another Stoutland development story of a guy who was looked at as one way, but has now broadened his horizons, has developed, has got himself. And the one thing about Sua, even when he came to the Eagles raw, was he really had strong hands. They would always say, you know, like the way Jason Peters had really strong clamp hands and violent hands. That was Sua. He always had really strong hands. He struggled with anchor. He struggled, struggled with his footwork, but that seems to have come together. And now that he can play both sides, he's, increased his value we might be talking about Sua Opeta as like the same way we did like Nate Herbig or um I don't want to say Big V he's a tackle but who else that no Sam Malu was a longtime starter but the my point is a backup who gets his chance like Herbig right plays well and then two years he's signing a contract with another team which the Eagles will be grateful for because then that helps them in the comp pick yeah yeah and that could very well happen with Opeta uh I do want to make one clarification though I didn't ask John yesterday if the Eagles and the 49ers played, who would you pick? Uh-huh. What I asked John was 5-0, and both teams 5-0. and If you're power rating the two teams, both at 5-0, and because John and I agreed, first things first, got to be record. There's only two undefeated teams, so they got to be 1-2. Mm-hmm. How would you rank them 1-2? and two? And I said, I would rank the 49ers ahead because I think they played better and been more impressive in their five wins. John said he would put the Eagles ahead because he just thinks the Eagles have a better roster and he would break it down by roster rather than accomplishment. Yeah. I, well, I, I apologize because mm-hmm. when I hear the, the term power rankings, my, my head tends to turn off. because <laughs> I don't, I don't care about that. So I go to, I go to who's the better team. That's yeah. so that's kind of what I, I default to when, when I ever hear power rankings, I say, well, that to me means who's the better team. Right, and I think it's like is MVP the supposed to go to the best player or the player who is very literally the most, the most valuable, valuable player to yeah. that player? Is to, yeah. To, you know. yeah, so right. it depends. So we gotta on get definitely. you on the record, most give it your power rankings of the NFL. Who's one? Who's two? Oh man, 
Could be somebody probably, else. If I had to do a power rankings. I'd probably put the 49ers one and, and the Eagles two. Could be. Who did the uh, dominant? Who did I, ESPN's I, I, uh, football power index had Buffalo? Oh, the uh, end lost team. That's the yeah. most ridiculous thing on the planet. Isn't that the one that has the Cowboys winning the Super Bowl yes. every year? The, yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Ooh, they're they're actually good. dropped down yeah. to number six, but Ooh. the Eagles are number seven. Somehow the Eagles are seven. In what world, in any power rating, can a five and O team be seven? Ridiculous. I don't know. In the same world, that I don't know if you guys remember. In two, I remember this vividly. Even the year two thousand fifteen, Aaron Rodgers throws like five touchdowns in a game, um, and I think it was right after his, his father passed. I don't know if somebody in his family passed away. Something like that. It was an emotional game. He threw five touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. PFF gave him that a was minus rating. Yeah, they gave him a minus grading for the yeah. game because he threw too many passes that were like, you know, lucky. Touchdown, to uh, turnover oh, yeah, worthy. Yeah, yeah, they could have been intercepted. <laughs> yeah, turnover worthy plays. Well, remember when Denver came in here and was blown out uh, by the Eagles, uh, the Bon Miller Broncos? Might have been the Super Bowl season. I think yeah, that it was, was the Super Bowl, Bowl year. Season. Yeah. yeah. And Von Miller got a tremendous grade. Uh, by by pro football focus eagles fan i've never seen eagles fans so fired up because they're like you know you see the clips of lane dominating him right but he did have a good game if you just break it down to his everybody else had a bad game but von miller was von miller um yeah and that's like a lot of people said this week jeff that sua uh held up against aaron donald well he got a lot of help a lot yeah. of help. Yeah, that's no. And, it's no knock on Sua. No, I said that every before you came just, on. Yeah, that's just smart coaching. Yeah, um, that was a full court press. Yeah, I mean, there were there were snaps. You saw it, John. Where yeah. you, you count maybe three or four bodies. It was unbelievable. <laughs> it was unbelievable. It really and was. Nick <laughs> let us in on that during the week. He said 99, 99, 90, Everything's about ninety nine. Um, yeah. yeah, and uh, yeah. They did it, and they could afford to do it because the Rams, you know, don't have a ton of talent on defense right now. But right, um, so you, do, you do have to sort of say, "Hey, good job, though," to guys like oh yeah, Axel and Gainwell and other yeah. guys. When you do that, when you play that strategy, you need to single block other guys with guys who may not be linemen, right? So yeah. I thought they did a a good job on the other guys, even if they're not Hall of Famers. Um, you know, you're still asking running backs and backup tight ends to make blocks. So that was yeah. good. No question about it. All right. I'm going to be the same jerk to you that I was to Tommy Lawler earlier. And Can't you just be nice to me once? No, 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 no. no. That, 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 would, nice. that would ruin my reputation of being a dick. Um, so I'm going to do this again with you. Uh, Nick Sirianni with the win this past week went to 28 and 11 for his NFL coaching record. That's a 717 winning percentage, which puts him fourth all time. Coaches who have coached at least two years in the history of the National Football League. Not in the past two years, not in the past uh, The history of the National Football League. He's number four. Wow. Who are the three coaches ahead of him? All right. What the stat again is what? Road record? 7-18 winning percentage as a head coach. Oh. There are only three coaches in the history of the National Football League who have a better record having coached a minimum of two years. you got to coach at least two years in series, and he's now two years and five games. Uh, his winning percentage is fourth all-time in the history of the NFL. Who are the three guys ahead of him? 
So You're not going to get one. Wow, this is tough because it's got to be above 700. And all the great coaches have been co- like Reed and Shula and yeah. Belichick. They've coached long so long that there's no way they're above 700. So yeah. it's got to be someone who had a very short. Hey, you're on the right track. One, one right yes. Track. One, yeah, I'm being unfair. One's, one, one's, one does actually go above and beyond. One's really Johnson. Uh No, but you're on the right track, just older. Um, think 70s. Um, oh, man, I'm not good with I was born in 76. So if uh, Belichick isn't the greatest coach of all time, who is? Shula. Mm-hmm. Uh, think, think Before about Shula. Uh, a trophy. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I guess I missed. <laughs> I, I, I sort of missed the layup here on. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Lombardi. And Lombardi then, then I would say video game. Madden. Yeah, Lombardi so, and Madden. Wow, yeah. Lombardi and Madden, and the other one is the other Guy one. Chamberlain. Yeah, oh, great, no, of course, the great Guy Chamberlain. But here's right. what I said when Jody told me this. Here's uh-huh. here's my stat. What is the number one? Give me the number one again, Jody. The winning percentage. Number seven, one eight. Uh, number one is Guy Chamberlain at uh, seven fifty. Excuse me. Yeah, seven fifty nine. Seven fifty nine, Jeff. Nick Sirianni since that two and five start is twenty six and six, eight thirteen winning percentage. Eight thirteen winning percentage. Wow. He bought a lot of currency for the second half of this year's schedule. <laughs> he could lose a few and still yeah. be really good. <laughs> yeah. He's going to have to. And hey, that's why. San Francisco that's and why. Now, I don't know. Insidethebirds.com. Jeff, obviously, the great podcast with Adam Kaplan. Our buddy Andrew DeCecco does a, a great job. Had a lot of fun with him in L.A., by the way, Jeff. Nice. Um, uh, I don't I. I don't know if you guys get it, but I I get it. Um, A lot of Eagles fans, not all Eagles fans, but a lot of Eagles fans, I don't think they understand what this run is. This stuff doesn't happen in the NFL. It's a league built on parity. Everybody has bad weeks, and the Eagles have bad weeks, but they win games. Yeah. You know, I was watching uh, – I'm late to every, like, series and show. Like, I still haven't even made it to two episodes of Quarterback yet on Netflix. But That's I watched the whole show, Tom Brady uh, man in the arena thing earlier this year, or maybe, like, four months ago, um, which I didn't really enjoy, by the way. I thought it kind of got stale after the first two or three episodes. But the point was, you know, you can tell, like, every time they won the Super Bowl or went to a Super Bowl the next year, they lost so many players. They, they would always get off to like slower starts and then pick up yeah. middle of the year and then hit their stride in late October, November for the Eagles to just sort of just, you know, they did not have the Super Bowl hangover. Look at the Bengals last year. They were a five and six team. Yeah. I picked the Bengals to go to the Super Bowl. I, I, I mushed the only them. One. <laughs> I mushed them, Jeff. You are not um, the only one. Um, so and then again, there are some of us that picked the jets. At least I got an explanation. I got uh, it out. I got yeah. Aaron Rodgers to blame for it. Yeah, but you you know what, Jody, you're you should have known better. Being your roots, you should have known a whole lot better than yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been 50 friggin' years and I'm waiting for a return to the Super Bowl. And it's the first time ever. Jeff, I've been doing either this stuff or radio for 30, sneaking up on 40 years. I've never picked the Jets once to go to the Super Bowl. This well. was the first time in 37 years of doing radio that I ever picked the Jets. 
and I was wrong yeah, after four you, fucking you snaps. Should have you should have yeah. fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame Tell on me. you. Yeah. Tell me. Tell <laughs> me. All right. At Jeff P. Mosher, make sure you follow Jeff on X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it. All right, we'll talk about Jalen Hurts. So Jalen is now 22 and one in his last 23 regular season starts, uh, dating back to week 15 of 2021. That winning percentage, by the way, is 957 for those who care. He is the he is the fifth NFL quarterback to win 22 out of 23 in that kind of stretch. The other four are Brady, Manning, Montana, and Jim McMahon, that great Bears run, that great Bears team, best team still to this day I've ever seen, um, 85 Bears. Um, uh, this week, if he wins, and let's be honest, it's Jody's Jets, so he's going to win the game. It's Brady, it, Montana drops off. So it's just Brady, Manning, McMahon. I, I, I can't say enough about this run, Jeff. It is it is unbelievable. Has has anybody done the collective Jalen Hurts winning percentage going back to high school? I mean, it's got to be wow, that's it's outrageous, right? I mean, so I my it's, question though is, where does it end? They're not going seventeen and zero. Where does yeah, it end? They're not, they're not right. Yeah, obviously, the second half of the year, there's going to be a loss or two in there. They're still going to finish really high. This was it was so I didn't think they were going to start. Five and zero or six. Either did I. I'm already yeah. giving them a Jets win. I shouldn't do that, but um, I didn't think that they would start off that good. I thought they'd be good, but not that good. They bought themselves a lot of room for error in that second half of the schedule, especially with the Cowboys already losing two games. And um, you know, eventually, John, like you know this, like uh, the the cream will uh, no, it'll settle. Like they're not going to be a 14 win team for the next seven straight years. No, um, but the way they're able to, if they keep focusing on the line the way they do, and the rest of the league keeps ignoring it the way it does, that well, um, that's maybe, you, man. I, I, maybe they will. <laughs> the, the fact that this league gave this roster Jalen Carter, I say it all the time on this show. That is, that that is dereliction of duty. Yeah. Every every NFL organization. Yeah. Now, Obviously, they all didn't have a chance at Jalen Carter. I'd pick on the poor Bears because they, they could have got him twice. It's understandable they didn't want to take him at number one overall because of the issues. Mm-hmm. Then they could have taken him again at number nine. They said, nope, we don't need him. We have the worst defensive front in the football. Why would we need him? Why would we want that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it's amazing. Well, it's we just amazing. poured $35 million into linebackers, uh, off-ball <laughs> linebackers. Why would we actually want to give ourselves a defensive tackle who could keep those guys clean? I don't know. Yeah. That's yeah. my dad. All right. A couple things before we let you run, Motion. Number one, um, the Jalen Hurts numbers you got just are pretty damn impressive and keeping very good company, and one could come off the list. I understand looking forward. Don't forget to look behind because that – Purdy guy is never lost a game as a starter, as a regular season guy. And they, so he they, there he could be have someone coming up behind him while he's looking ahead to some of these all-time greats that he's putting up numbers with. Just thought I'd mention that. Uh, and number two, go ahead and give him a win against the Jets. Hey, he told me I couldn't have had uh, Then I'm going to say, yeah. yeah, okay, if I got to acknowledge the fact that the Jets are now a compromised team because Aaron Rodgers is sitting up there playing with his beard in the uh, press box, Rather than on the field throwing passes, yeah, I have permission 
I'm going to go ahead and give the Eagles a win against the Jets this week. Now, the next week against Miami, that could be another story. Uh, that's, where the, Green, that's what I like to say. That's when the fun begins, when you look at the schedule. Is that is when the fun begins. Two phrases most used today that I will steal. That's when the fun begins, and the Eagles are bullies up front. Like them both most. Thank you much for jumping in, buddy. We'll get you up again soon. All right, guys. Have fun. It was always good. Check the website, InsideTheBirds.com, and the podcast that he does with Adam Catlin, InsideTheBirds.com. All right, McMullen and McDonald, we got to come back, put a bow on this show. Stick around. Final thoughts on Birds 365. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Johnny Mac, Johnny Mac, last couple minutes here on Birch 365. Uh, All right, uh, so we did not know what time the Phillies were going to be playing last night when the game ended. Had to wait to see what happened between the D-backs and the Dodgers, and 
Sure enough, Arizona going to the NLCS. Will the Phillies be following by taking out the Braves tonight? We'll see. But it did affect the time of tonight's game. It was supposed to be 6 o'clock if the Dodgers had won. Now it's pushed back to 8 primetime. Uh, again, TV dictating everything in the world of sports. NFL, MLB, NBA, you name it. TV dictates the time. to the Convenience of the fans, convenience of people, convenience of the teams. I, I, you're Bryce Hoff. You have this unbelievable game last night. You once again show you're one of the most clutch players in the history of not only the Phillies organization, I'd say the entire sports town of Philadelphia. And you don't know what time you have to report back to work the next yeah, day? Yeah, yeah. Freaking idiotic. But uh, I we digress on that. Uh, but you now know, John, that uh, the crowd isn't going to filter into – uh, the bank until uh, later, eight o'clock first pitch. That's a so big break. It, That's a rare break for me. In and out for you today. What do you got yeah. uh, going in South Philly? Uh, practice is at one thirty ish, then open locker room. Get to talk to the players. Full blown um, practice. Uh, have they designated that, or could it be a walk? Yeah, no, it's a full full blown practice. Okay. Uh, typical typical week. Um, Sunday week, so still early enough in the season um, that everything is um, as planned. Will be interesting to see uh, Justin Evans is back. Uh, Slay's going to play. I mean, he's been on social media and joking around with players, and uh, I think he's going to be fine. Um, but Evans, uh, not so sure about, so... Uh, might be an opportunity, as I mentioned, to get Sidney Brown on the field. They could go back to Terrell Edmonds. Tommy Lawler would not like that. Uh, might be a good opportunity, as I said. The Jets don't throw the football that well. So I'd like to get Nicobe For that reason, Eagles would never admit this, but I can admit it. I think it's a good opportunity to get Nicobe back in the mix and get Sidney Brown's toes wet, so to speak. Perfect yeah. opportunity. Right. Um, and it pains me to say it, but the jet offense is what it is. You threw out a couple of those numbers yesterday. 30 second passing, 30 second in the red zone. Uh, again, let me remind everyone 32 teams in the National Football League. Yeah. So if you're 32nd, that's not that's good. That's not good. No. Yeah. So this is a good week for the Eagle defense to maybe uh, take some advantages. All right, J Mac, uh, safe in and out of South Philly today. Uh, glad you won't have to face traffic and you won't be calling me if you break down on the Walt Whitman Bridge. Uh, make it home safe and sound. Will you make it back here with me in the morning? Uh, yeah. First hour, then uh, second hour. Hopefully, I believe it's going to be Mark Barzetta. Because he's got uh, Eagles head coach. Yes, Mark Barzetta. It's official. Barzetta's so in. Cool. So All right. So I'll talk to you tomorrow at 8 o'clock. That means Mac and Mac on Birds 365 and 2 and 2. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. (laughs) 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.